News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. My name is Jay Thomas, and I haven't been in this seat for a little while, but I'm really happy to be back. And uh, with us, like always, Jill Van Dyvendyke. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. This is exciting. Yeah, it's so nice to be back here with you. It's It's been a bit, so we can sort of chat plants together, and uh, it's it's so nice to hear your voice again. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, if you are new to Garden Talk, here's the little history. Uh, I, I worked at Rolco here, did traffic for a, a good long while on 650 CKOM in, in Saskatoon, but uh, Hosted Garden Talk with Rick Van Dyvendyke for about eight years, it I believe. Was a while, yeah, yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, uh, but you know things have changed. Uh, but uh, but I'm glad to guest host and be back in the chair just for a little while here, a couple of weeks while Rick's away. So this is this is lots of fun. So Rick has been sending me, or Dad has been sending me um, pictures. He's in Mexico and oh, wow. uh, pictures of the bougainvillea blooming and uh, and the banana trees having fruit on them, and they're just having a great time in the tropics, enjoying the sun right now. I think that's something that we all crave. If you're if you're thinking, oh man, I'm so tired of the white and you know the you know just the the dead deadness everywhere. Trust me, just go to Dutch. It doesn't matter if you're in Saskatoon or Regina. Go to Dutch in one of your cities and go for a walk in the greenhouse. Oh, it feels so good. And the, there's even like the, some of the smaller greenhouses in some of the smaller communities yes. are starting to fire up their greenhouses right now and getting planting. So even if you're from a smaller community, like knock on a door and pop your head in and sometimes just smelling the soil um, warming up and the, the greenhouses, the furnaces firing up. It just makes us sort of have that nostalgic feel of spring. It kind of wakes you up, you know, because it it, 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 we're all sort of in that um, February slumber right now, right? It's That's part of winter here is we just sort of, you know, and finally, I guess we're getting, getting a little more light. There's a little more day hours now. You can sort of feel that, you know, coming on and we know spring is going to be coming around the corner here, which is great. But yeah, there's there's definitely some aromatherapy you can do by going to a to a greenhouse absolutely now i thought it'd be kind of fun rick's not here today but um i know over the years of rick uh talking on the radio show here on garden top talk uh you as listeners have learned so much Mm -hmm. and maybe had some successes um from some of the information and that he's he's given you or that you've received or you've heard from another caller so I would want to encourage you today to call in and share your best success story from what you've learned here on the show um, or text text it in and we can sort of read it out here on the show too. I just think it would be really neat to share some of those success stories and maybe that best advice or that tip and trick that you, you learned here on the show. Yeah, something that, that, something that worked for you. What worked for you and you know what? I think it's great that we can all learn from each other and there's so many things that even on this show a text has come in and said, hey, did you know that I tried this and this was this worked really well and somebody else tried it and they're like, hey, you know what? I had that same issue. So mm-hmm, exactly. share the knowledge. one 877 8255. It's the same number that you call and you text to uh, to go either way. So yeah, let's let's get that going for sure. Hey, let's let's uh, start with this. We do have a text that's come in, so we'll we'll, we'll awesome. do that first. Okay. Uh, this is from Ken, who's in Regina. Ken Jones. He asks, "Can I melt snow water for my coleus cuttings?" He says he's got about twenty five of them. Wow, uh, they're about five inches tall and they're under grow lights since October first. I actually got a coleus under grow light at home right now. Okay, it's getting. 
A little bit leggy? Yeah. A little bit. You want to trim your coleus plants because they will get leggy. Um, They will grow quite quickly and you need the light on them for sure. Um, Now, you can do the snow water. That's great for for plants to do the snow water. One thing when you're doing the cuttings, um, especially the coleus and getting them to root, is the soil temperature needs to be warm. So if you're doing the snow water, make sure it's not cold, cold, cold Mm. water um, because that coldness will try to shock the roots and uh, it may have them damp off if it's too cold so really watch the temperature of your water would be really important i'd say if you're using the snow water but yeah definitely use snow water it's great and that's that's how we i mean not not snow water but uh we had a coleus a big one on our deck for the Mm -hmm. summer and there was a bunch of different varieties so we took cuttings of each of them and got them to root yeah, they the root. The old-fashioned way. They root really well. Yep. And you can use the stem root if you want to, which is a rooting hormone. And mm-hmm. you can dip the end of your um, stem in there, put them on. But a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll save their coleus plant through the winter. And I call that the mother plant. And you do this with things like um, geraniums and, mm-hmm. and a lot of different annuals that you can save for the winter. But cutting them back is really important for that mother plant if you want to reuse it the next year. Because then it will branch and bush out more. If you just have that same plant and you just grow it as a houseplant, um, it will get long and lanky and not look so nice. But trimming it down about a half to a third and then using those cuttings, making new plants, will actually make the mother plant bigger and then you'll have better success with your cuttings. So would you suggest that you actually like take the mother plant and keep keep it every year? Like, um, Not tra- necessarily. No? I would sometimes, because the mother plant will start looking really ugly. <laughs> Over time, I'm naughty and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. So you might want to take one of those cuttings that you've maybe made from, from the next year. And then once that one gets big, that becomes the mother plant for okay. the next year. Yeah. yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. one 332 That's where you call and you text. Uh, let's talk about some gardening classes. This is exciting stuff because University of Saskatchewan is putting these on. Right? Yeah. So they have so many webinars. I think um, COVID has kind of changed the way we do things. Mm-hmm. And I love that they have these uh, live webinars. Um, they're about two hours long and they are only charging $20 a class, which is a very oh, reason- wow. reasonable price for the class. And they actually throw a few free ones in there too. So hmm. if you head to um, garden.usas.ca, you'll be able to see them all up there. Now they have their Master Gardeners program and everything like that, but you can go to the live webinars. Um, this week coming up, so tomorrow they have one on wasps. So like the difference between wasps and bees and I know lots of people might have problems with wasps in their yard, so uh, that might be a good one for them. Um, Penstemon, which is a perennial, they have like a whole session on all the different varieties. Uh, On February 10th, they have one on uh, native plants for wet areas. So maybe you live in like an area where it's a little bit boggier or you have a wet portion of your yard, that would be a really good one. And the native plants are really good too because you know that they're going to be hardy here. For <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they'll they'll tough it out. And then on February 16th, there is a great one for us urban gardeners um, and it's small plants for small yards. So maybe you want to put some plants in your yard, but you don't have a big yard. It will tell you about some of the smaller um, cultivars of trees and shrubs and uh, maybe some perennials that you can put in there that aren't going to overtake your yard so you look like you have an overgrown jungle, but you have something that looks absolutely beautiful in a small space. Yeah, that's that's cool. I, I got to learn a lot of that, you know, through Rick, through this show over the years because I planted some spring snow crab in my yard and they're just little trees, which is perfect because it's not a huge yard that I have. Yes. We wanted something that wouldn't get too big and too overgrown, but 
they're they're going to be just the right size. And I know? think that's something to remember when you're planning your yard. I know Jay, you just finished like doing your yard, and mm-hmm. a lot of times we are we're looking on magazines and we have all these dreams and hopes, and we're like, oh, that's beautiful, but we don't actually plan out the space of what that plant gets when it's at full maturity. And so then we end up having like way too much shade, and we have all these because it was nice <laughs> and sunny, and then all of a sudden we have a shady yard with all these sun plants or Brandon like Cedars going through your eaves trough, yeah, <laughs> exactly. stuff like that, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So making sure you plant when you're making your flower bed, a lot of people will put like a perimeter around the edge of their fence and it will only be like two feet wide Mm -hmm. and the shrubs go grow like four feet. So (laughs) it looks really full for the first year. And then afterwards, it's like, ooh, everything's growing into my Uh grass. Yep. Yep. 1-877-332-8255. We've got Rita who's in Saskatoon. Let's get her on right now. And Rita, welcome to Garden Talk. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and good morning. good morning. I wanted to let you know that um, I tried a hint. Um, uh, Rick said you could never use enough eggs to have egg shells for your tomato plants to give them calcium. So I just drop uh, one of my calcium pills into the pail of water that I use for watering and uh, have had great luck. No black bottom rot. The blossom end rod is getting away from the calcium. Well, that's a great tip. I love it. Um, yeah, you definitely want to use added calcium when you have tomato plants to get rid of that blossom end rod and make it sure it really have... works. That's fantastic. I love it. I love that you've taken that and kind of made it your own. Thanks for sharing. Okay, you're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's great, Rita. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's that. That is one of the things. You, you know, you can. You, there's lots of ways to get calcium into the soil, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eggshells is one thing, but like Rick has explained, and I know it's true. Need a lot of them, and it takes a long time for them to break down, Mm -hmm. right? So just just because you crush up some eggshells and put them in the soil, it's going to be a couple years before those are broken down by the soil to then be used by it, right? Yeah. So using some like an organic uh, fertilizer with added calcium that's meant for tomatoes is probably one of the best ways to do. Um, your gardening and it's really important that you get the right nutrients for the right plants especially if we're having a really hot season where we're watering a lot um, with your tomato plants you'll find that you'll get a lot of nutrient deficiencies if you're not fertilizing yeah and the organic stuff does a better job with the micronutrients and stuff right exactly because you can buy just regular fertilizers that have some calcium i know yep. that exists yeah but you'll get even juicier better tasting more I think nice we're, plants, right? We're learning so much more about the benefits of having the organic fertilizers and the the micronutrients that are in those. Um, it's it's just it's just changing the way we're doing gardening a little bit and changing the way we look even at the numbers on our fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. look at the numbers on your regular fertilizer; and it's like twenty 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 or ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen, um, and now you're looking at numbers are like. Zero two one. Yeah, know? that's right. So it's it's more the micronutrients that are doing the work than the actual um, the numbers that you're seeing on the container. So yeah, it's just changing the way you're looking at things. We've got a text from Angela, Marianne, as well as Tom in Saskatoon. Guys, hang tight. We're going to get to your text as soon as we get back. We've got to take a little break here. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill Van Dyvendyke. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay Thomas. Glad to be back in the chair here after a couple of years being off Garden Talk. Jill Van Dyke is with me, of course. I'm filling in for Rick for a couple of weekends, and uh, it's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back here on on the air. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun already, and it's kind of like you know, Jill. It's kind of like riding a bike. I was worried. I came in a little early this morning because I'm like, oh, I got okay. I got to remember what all the buttons do and how the phone system works. No, it's just like time time has stood stood still since I left and. 
It's a tall thing. You're back at it. It's, let's go for it. Let's exactly. Go. We've got text to get to uh, from uh, a, a bunch of people, and we'll get to those as well. We're asking for your questions today. What's the best advice you've gotten off of Garden Talk over the years? We'd like to share it again because there's so many things we talked about. For years and years and years, yeah. you know, that we can't possibly remember them all. But if you had a great experience with something that worked out well, share it with us. And that's exactly what we're going to do with Paul right now, who is in Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, Jill, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, there's so many. <laughs> you know, I love it. I've been listening right from the very beginning of this show and, you know, from trimming my apple trees to looking after my goji berries and and my sea buckthorns and whatever. But, you know, um, classics are, and I'm going to go to the, um, the very first one was when he told me on how to look um, heirloom, uh, heirloom and hybrid seeds. Okay. How to... Um, um, take the take the seeds and dry them out properly so that you can reuse them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just took 2,015 seeds and did a test on them, and I had uh, like a 90% germination rate on them. So share us share with the listeners here. Wh- what does Rick tell you to do with that so that you can tell yeah, our well, listeners the experience that you have? So that just just relive that phrase. What does what did Rick tell you to do? Yeah, what's your well, process? Well, you know, um, take them when they're ripe, when the fruit is ripe, and um, dry them in a um, a dry, warm environment at the very beginning, and then place them in a cool, dry place later on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had tremendous success with my heirloom um, seeds. Year after year, I've never bought seeds ever again. And like I said, I just germinated um, 2,015 seeds. What kind of what kind of plants are we talking about that you're getting the heirloom peppers. seeds off of? Um, I started my peppers already. My my bell peppers, my hot peppers, jala, uh, habaneros, jalapenos, um, my um, Hungarian hot and sweet peppers. And and just recently, I just want to like quickly say that that alfalfa. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is a tremendous... Thank you so much, Rick, for bringing that to my attention. And that grass seed. That's a Saskatchewan grass seed that they're putting out there with the four things in there. Yeah, Greenkeeper. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's some great things that we're learning, and it's nice that these are local companies that we can support, and we're having success with gardening because they got so many micronutrients in them that are just making our gardens better. Yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much for having this out here to to give us a hand. Give us some hints, eh? <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Thanks a lot, thank Paul. Thank you. All right, take care. one 332 8255 And we can say that, you know, uh, Marianne from Prince Albert, she also texted us and said, and, and echoes what Paul said, I followed Rick's advice on using alfalfa pellets and alfalfa tea in my garden last summer. One of the best gardens I've ever had, she says. You know, so I know that alfalfa tea. So what you're doing is you're taking the alfalfa pellets yep. and you're putting them in water and making, letting them kind of steep and make a tea. And then you're Soup. watering your plants with them. So yeah, yeah, that's about it. And then you can even take the, the extra sludge that's left in the bottom of the container, the, the tea debris mm-hmm. and put it in your garden and it will break down over time too. Exactly. Okay. We've got another few texts to get to here. Angelus asks us, I have a cucamelon. What exactly is a cucamelon? Oh, cucamelon are so cute. They're like little water, 
melon um, looking cucumbers. And you, they're bite sized. Do you eat them? You eat them. Okay. Um, they have a little bit of a sharp, sweet, cucumbery taste to them. Um, but cuckoo melons are best grown from seed every year. Um, they do have a tuber in the root. So if you save the large plant, you can save the tuber, but the tuber needs to go through a dormancy, kind of like what a dahlia bulb would do mm-hmm. in the winter. So you'd put it through a dormant period and then replant it again. But you're best to save the seeds and or buy new seeds and start them. They do have a really long um, germination process. Um, so it is one not like your cucumbers or your zucchini where you would start maybe a little bit later in the season, you would want to start those a little bit earlier. So like how early are we talking? I would probably start like end of February, March, if you're wanting to get fruit on them um, by by maybe August. And that's from seed. So Angela, seed seed is a better way, but if you really want to try the taking the tuber and making it happen, she yeah. can give it a shot. You can give it a shot, but just depends on how large your plant is that you have right now that you've saved over because that tuber does need to be quite large in order for it to start reproducing year after year. Because remember that they are technically an annual and an annual's growth process is grow, produce seed, kind of die and uh and kind of wither out over time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, that tuber, just to have enough energy for it to keep producing fruit every year, um, it just it needs to be quite big. Yeah, right. Okay. one 332 8255 We've got just time for a couple more here. Tom in Saskatoon says, we've got a strawberry patch at the lake on the top of a south-facing hill. Lots of poplar trees to the north. Means it's hot in the summer. The hill is sandy, but there's good topsoil um, base under the strawberry patch that they've got there. So strawberry patch the plants are growing but there's not a lot of fruit so you see alfalfa tea um another thing is is um you want to replenish your strawberry patch over time and i find that the older plants the mother plants and when you go to a strawberry ranch you'll actually find that they dig up their strawberries and they take the runners and they replant the runners mm, okay is what they do so they're replenishing it with like almost the babies off the mother plants every year and they're kind of doing that over and over again. So a lot of times if we have an older strawberry patch, um, we aren't replenishing it by cutting off those runners and replanting them. Um, so that's something that's really important to do and make sure that you're spacing them out. So your strawberry plant should be about a foot apart, um, fertilizing them often and also making sure when they're in the flowering and fruiting stage, you're giving them enough water, especially when it's hot. Well, and if it's at the lake too, keep this in mind, you could have animals and critters going after those strawberries as exactly. well. Exactly. So you don't see too many because you're up there every Saturday. But maybe they're already gone. They're eating them away. <laughs> so maybe a bit of protection is needed too. We got to take a break. We got a news update for everybody right now. Stick around. Uh, Rosanda from Estevan, Darren and Regina. We got Rick, Les, and a few more texts to get to as well. We're looking for your best advice you've gotten from Garden Talk. one 332 8255 I'm Jay Thomas with Jill Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas, and I'm glad to be back in this chair helping uh, host Garden Talk with Jill Van Dyvendyke after a two-year hiatus and uh, lots of years spent on this show with Rick Van Dyvendyke. So it's uh, it's an honor to be back here and talking with you, the listeners. We've got uh, things to talk about, some texts as well. We're asking the question today, what's the best advice you've gotten from Garden Talk over the years? So what's something that we've talked about that's worked? You know, something like that. one 332 8255 We had an interesting uh, t- a call that... They didn't stick around, but I did get to see the the uh, question was, are coffee grounds any good for your plants? There is conflicting yes. evidence. And, and you know what? I have some customers come in or 
um, gardeners come in and they say, they swear by it up and down. They say, I do this, my neighbor does this, and I put coffee grounds into the soil. Um, and then some people say, like, you can even pull it up on the internet and read about it. And it says very harmful, like to seeding, seeding, and it will wreck the roots of your plants. Or it takes a really long time to break down, or you're just going to um, take all the moisture out of the plant. So there's so many conflicting things mm-hmm. about this. I would love to hear from you, our listeners. Are you having success with coffee grounds? Are you not having success with coffee grounds? That's one of the things with home remedies, why us at the greenhouse, we don't necessarily um, mention to our gardeners some of the home remedies because I can't guarantee the success for every person, depending on their area, how much they're putting in, um, the type of soils they have, the types of plants they're using it on. There's no consistency to any of it. It's not a tried and true thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's no scientific research for it. Yeah. You know, we have to just go by somebody's word. So, what I would be curious from you, the listener, is this working for you? And whereabouts are you using it? What's the application you're using it in? Exactly. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You can call or text that number. Jill, what is happening in the greenhouse right now? Well, right. now, now we are working on getting our irrigation going. The production machine has moved in and we're starting up um, planting our perennials and getting our seeds seeds going um, for some of the longer growing um, plants is really important too. Uh, so looking at your seed starting dates and figuring mm-hmm. out when I'm going to need to start these plants in order for them to be able to produce fruit or to bloom or anything like that later on in the season. So looking at those seed packages, looking at your bulb packages and figuring out your your start date or your sow date is really important right now. So that's what we're doing right now. We're adjusting a lot of different dates, looking back at history um, and sort of figuring out all of that. So you as a gardener at home, you can be doing the same thing. Um, lily bulbs are already in the soil because we want some of those blooming by Mother's Day. Right. Um, so that we have a few of those. So those have already started. We've got some Asiatics and Orientals blooming. Um, we'll be starting up the hostas in February and getting the daylilies going and all of that fun, those fun perennials. I'm just so excited. <laughs> That's good. You can just see me beaming over here. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, you know what? So we've got lots of text to get to. We'll get to that in a second. got to go to Prince Albert right now, though, to talk to Trevor, who's there. Hi, Trevor. Good morning. Good morning. What's your question for us? I have a green ash tree. It's 8 inches in diameter, 24 inches in circumference, and it's got a crack running right from the ground 10, 11 feet up in the air to where it branches out. And on the left side, there's one branch... And on the right side, it's the rest of the stalk with the other branches going out. And I'm just wondering if I should cut the left side off that looks like it's going to die now or wait till summer and see if it dies or if it heals itself. The well, crack is about a quarter inch wide, and I can't really, I didn't stick anything in there to see how deep, but it doesn't go all the way through. Well, I am not a pruning expert. I am more the... The, um, the finesse person. The finesse person <laughs> and all of the perennials, annuals, tropicals, those types of things. I do have Aaron from Arborcrest joining us next week. But one of the things that I have learned from Rick over the years with the show is when you have that crack down the center of the tree, taking some of the weight off of the branches that is pulling that crack bigger would be really important. So if you're waiting for next week and you're like, ooh, a big windstorm is going to come and that crack that you said that one is looking a little bit dead and it's just maybe cutting some of the weight off of it will help do that. Mm-hmm. I know that you can sort of bind um, that together so that um, with a with a bungee um, so that it's not going to 
put as much weight on that crack from until spring if you want to do that. Yeah, like a ratchet uh, strap you could use, right? Yeah. Something st- Drill the leg bolts through and put the yes. That's a, one way to on each side with the washers. Yeah, yeah until maybe you can get to spring um, to maybe fixing it. I'm putting some pruning paste and different things like that so that you don't get any um, disease into that crack. It's also really important as well too. So um, Aaron is going to be on the air with us next week from Arborcrest. So we'll make sure we write down this question for you or if you want to call or text back in next week. Yeah, we can and get then you we'll out. Get, uh, Get Aaron to to give you a shout. Yeah, hard and fast answer from from Arborcrest would be would be the yeah, definitely the way to go. Stick something in that crack and see how deep it goes into the trunk by exactly. then. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good information to have too. So appreciate the call, Trevor. But uh, yeah, give us a call next week because we can definitely get you the right answer from Aaron. Thank you. All right, take care. Good day. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, so back to the text line. Uh, this is Rosanda from Estevan. We've got a beautiful large fern, but it seems way too big for the pot. What's the best way to repot him without hurting him? And will it only grow as large as the pot will allow, or will it just get root bound and keep going? So that's a couple questions there. So it sounds like your fern is quite root bound as it is if it's uh, reached the edge of the pot. Now, ferns are actually quite tough plants. So you can kind of push the edges of the pot if you can or loosen the edge of the soil to get it out. And then you may want to ruffle the roots a little bit. Um, if you find the roots have gone around and around and around the bottom of the pot and you just pl- keep it like that and then put it into another pot, it's going to deter the growth of that pot. I would suggest going up about two inches in diameter at a time. Um, no more than that is actually going to um, make the plant so it grows slower for you. So if you go up a little bit at a time, it will make the plant grow faster. Um, and then as the plant grows, just keep bumping it up. Now, ferns and different plants, depending on what type they are, they do have a natural size that they're going to get their maximum size that they're going to be. But um, if you keep them in a smaller pot, that is one way to stunt okay. the growth. So it does work. It does work. Like if that plant is as big as you want it to be because of the space that you've got, you don't want to get any bigger. Just keep it in the pot that it's in. That, but you, it's the roots are going to get root bound and you might need to pull it out and trim the roots. Okay. If, okay. If, if that's the case and you're wanting to keep it small and kind of bonsai it, if, if you will. Cause yeah. remember, bonsai isn't the name of a plant. It's how you care for a plant. So if you're wanting to keep a plant small, you'll have to trim the roots and trim the plant. Okay. Well, there, that, that answers the question. Cause that's certainly our plants we've got. And I, like, I've got a, uh, what is it? I'll think of it in a second, but <laughs> the name of it, but it's, it is, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but we don't have any more room for it to go. So just keeping it, pulling it out once in a while, trim the roots, trim the roots, yeah. put it back in the pot. There you go. Okay, cool. one 332 8255 We've got Darren in Regina who asks or says, uh, potato bugs, an old neighbor suggested planting marigolds next to the row of potatoes to fend off those potato bugs. He said it worked great. Yeah, marigolds are actually a really great plant to put in your garden and put around your yard because they will either attract or deter different types of insects. And so um, it's great to have those companion flowers in your yard that are beneficial to, to, to doing that and keeping bugs away or attracting bugs so that they stay away from other plants. And Darren's answering our question because, of course, we put that out a little earlier. What's the best advice you've gotten uh, on Garden Talk over the years? So thanks, Darren, for that. appreciate it. Uh, this is... I think it's Trish in uh, Gull Lake. My screen's a little bit funny. Can I use the green manure, the alfalfa pellets, on my 25-year-old Christmas cactus plant that's loaded with bugs? Buds. Buds, not bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely can. I would make it into a tea um, and, and use it that way. Alfalfa is such a, um, a great 
natural and very mild way of fertilizing. Um, while it's blooming, though, I don't fertilize terribly a lot with my Christmas cactuses when they're blooming. Um, just because I don't want to speed up the process of the blooming, I want to enjoy it as long as possible. But alfalfa pellets are great because it's such a mild way of fertilizing with lots of nutrients in it. Okay, let's take a quick break. We've got uh, a text in from, looks like Rick, as well as Les in Corning, one of our longtime listeners, Barb in Regina, Greg in Regina, uh, a couple couple texts about the uh, coffee grounds we talked about a bit before as well. So Perfect. We'll get to that when we get back. Stick around, but give us a call, one 332 8255 You can call or text that number. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Thanks for joining us at Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas, and I'm glad to be back in the chair here, filling in for a couple of weeks while Rick is away, but Jill Van Dyvendyke is with me. And so, uh, yeah, here we go. We've got some text to get to. We've also got a call here. Uh, and this is actually something Jill and I were talking about off the air before we even got going with Garden Talk. So that's, uh, that's perfect timing. Karen is from McLean. Hello, Karen. Hi. You've got little bugs. Is that what's going on? Yeah, they're little black bugs. You can see their wings that are flying around, and I think they're uh, coming out of the soil. Yeah, so those are called fungus gnats, and fungus gnats are very common in your house plants, and you can get them in other places around your home, too. And you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. A lot of times they just come with the soil. They come with the soil, or they come in from outside, um, and then they sit there, and they can sit dormant for a bit, and then they'll start hatching. So it's nothing that you've done wrong. It's nothing that you brought into your house. It's just something that is a part of having plants. You're going to deal with these. So um, what you can do is they start out at a larva stage in the soil and there's a few things that you can do. Um, you can get nematodes which are uh, a natural beneficial insect that you can sprinkle in the soil um, and that's an easy way. Jay was just talking about his success that he had and how easy it was. It's a little bit more of a pricier way of, of getting rid of them but it is something that works and it is I think the way of the future I would say using some of these biological insects and natural beneficials um, to get rid of some of these bugs but they'll go in and it's basically looks like a granular that you put into the soil and uh, and then you water keep it moist sort of work it into the soil and then these bugs will hatch and go to work and eat all the the yeah. larva that's in the soil and then I usually put a little few of the sticky traps which are like the yellow sticky paper around and those will catch the adult bugs as well too so that they don't go continue the process and keep laying the eggs over and over again Another thing that you can do is you can slice up a potato or an apple, put it on the soil at nighttime, and then it will draw that larva up to the surface of the soil. And in the morning, you can remove that half, top half inch of soil, and, um, and then that will remove the larva in addition to maybe putting some sticky sticks or having that bowl of apple cider vinegar with a plastic wrap over it with some holes to sort of catch the adults as well. Okay, thank you. You're very Where welcome. Where would a person purchase these nematodes? You can get them at most of your garden centers. So stop into the garden center and you can definitely get the nematodes there. Yeah, and they're they're really easy. It was just simply in a, in a shaker bottle. You sprinkle them over the soil, kind of mix them in, make sure it stays moist. Took probably a couple, maybe two or three weeks that I had it on my house plants. And it's been a long time since I noticed anything. It was just real simple and easy. So. Okay, okay. Uh, somebody had told me to try mixing uh, peroxide water one to four parts and water with that. That didn't seem to do a thing. That's, that's kind of a useless remedy. Uh, hydrogen peroxide I find works great, especially if you're um, like you have... Uh 
gnats or anything like that or fruit flies like down a drain or anything like that in your plants uh if you have a bad infestation i think i you'd have to do it quite frequently in order for it to work but it does work okay yeah Oh, what kind of soil should a person buy and should you be baking it to get rid of any possible bugs? Um, I don't know if you necessarily need to bake your soil or sterilize it that way. Uh, if you're taking a garden soil out, you can definitely sterilize it if you want to. But I would grab a, a good ProMix, something that has a little bit of a wetting agent, a soilless mix is what I use, like a ProMix or Miracle Grow. Um, it has a wetting agent in it, so it's going to dry evenly from top to bottom, and it's going to have good drainage in it as well, too. So that's something that you can you can definitely do. But getting a nice uh, sterile soil, um, you have to remember that these you're watering these plants, and um, so having a perfectly sterile soil from start to finish of the lifetime of your plant is not really a, a reality. We will have bugs in our soil, and f- fungus gnats and are are one of those things that throughout the lifetime of a plant if you're a plant person you're going to you're going to deal with these so just knowing how to do it what to look for so that it doesn't get really bad is really important. Okay, thank you. Thanks Karen. Much. Take care. Okay, bye. one 877 We had a a little bit of a sarcastic text coming from a Rick, but I looked at the phone number. I was like, "Hmm. That phone number looks really familiar." Hola, how do I keep the bougainvillea blooms from falling into the pool? <laughs> Great Thanks, job, Dad. Yeah, great job, Jill and Jay. He says, "I'm not even going to answer that question." <laughs> you, uh, you pour yourself uh, another margarita, and you won't notice them pretty soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got lots of text to get to, so we're going to get to as many as we can. If we don't get your text on the air, we'll we'll just text you back right away. Uh, Les in Corning says, "I had a fantastic information from your show about how to get a Christmas cactus to bloom. It bloomed every time where it never bloomed before." So we're just talking about some of the best advice you've gotten from Garden Talk. Yes, yeah, so, so that's thanks awesome. for Les Thank for you so much. letting us know. Um, this is from Barb in Regina. Good morning, Jill and Jay. Uh, one of the best tips of received from Rick was in respect to pruning plants and trees. Do not be afraid. That was That's always Rick's advice. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, pardon me, Barb says, there's nothing more satisfying than pruning a plant and watching it produce lots of healthy new growth. On that note, can you pinch back begonias or sel- selenia begonias in the same way you pinch back geraniums to keep the plant looking nice? Absolutely. With the selenia begonias, um, they have the, the thicker stalk and the different nodes on them. Now, you don't want to go right down to the bottom, but I would do something similar with how I would trim a geranium. So you have that center stalk and then you can prune it down about a third. And especially when it's a little bit smaller, it's really nice to do that. So you can get kind of a bushier stalk on the base and then it will grow up and it's not so floppy. So definitely trimming your begonias works wonders so that you can get branching. Not sure who sent us this text, but we asked about the coffee grounds because we've had people you know different experiences one reply says i found the coffee grounds just molded over so i don't use them anymore paul in saskatoon says that so okay okay. could be a thing for him i guess not um listening to your show could love listening to your show could you talk about the best soil mixtures to germinate seeds in and the best plant best best soil for transplanting so. Ooh, so we have a really good soil mixture that I use. It's a, um, we use a BX soil, which 
there's a seed starting soil by ProMix that we uh, sell in the store. And I really like it because it, it drains really easily. Um, it has uh, a little bit of peat in it, um, but it has a wetting agent in it. So it's going to drain easily from mm-hmm. top to bottom. And I think that's the, one of the most important things is finding that soil that it's not just going to be stay wet on the surface, but it's going to be consistently wet all the way through. Um, one of the things when it's moisture content when you are seed starting is really, really important. So making sure that you're misting often and just having that fine mist to get those roots going and not having your plants saturated because then you'll right. get lots of molds and um, you'll get rot happening at that point in time. So that's probably my tip there. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've got a few texts. We'll text you off the air because we're pretty much out of time. It just flies by. It did fly by. Special treat next week. Aaron from Arbor Crest is in. And uh, if you've got a question about pruning, like we had one earlier this this show, make sure you join us next week. It's going to be great. He is such a wealth of knowledge. And with the weather warming up, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time. And we're going to have lots of fun talking to him. Exactly. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jay Thomas. And with Jill Van Dyvendyke, this is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.